Hello, everybody. Just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas from the Saving Canada podcast. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder what I can do to do a Christmas present up for all those listeners out there to thank everybody for following us all year and um, or even the recent subscribers, everybody who's been commenting and uh, supporting the show. So I thought that I would make a 2023 reading list because I always like spending some time over the Christmas season curled up with a good book in front of the fireplace. It's always a good way to spend some time and feel Christmassy. Uh, usually pour myself a whiskey on the rocks too. So I know most of you listeners are kind of on a higher level, you know. To to be following our show, you have to have like a significant interest in politics and history and what's going on and really be looking to expand your mind. So I thought that a reading list that I would put together was going to be something that if you're a seriously avid reader, you're going to be able to get through everything, but it would be a huge push, like even for somebody who reads all the time. So I think people should not worry about reading every book on the list. Just pick what looks good to you, what is really up your alley, and just start enjoying some of the things. And I've got these things marked off on the reading list. I'll have the whole reading list at the end of the episode if you just want to skip to the end and check out the books that I recommend. But I'm going to be going through the list of the books and do a little sort of mini synopsis of each one. And uh, the order that I'm going in, i got uh, four categories. I'm going to be recommending classics, history books, war, and modern science. And the order I go in each category is going to be kind of the order in which you could read them the fastest. So the first one in each category is a quick read, and then the last one in each category would take a long time to get through, basically, is how I'm pulling this together. So when I'm reading, I like to mix it up. Throughout the year, I'm going to read academic books, and I'm going to read books just for fun, because I, I burn myself out if I just read too much history or too much this or that without just reading something for fun. I tried to se- select this reading list based on something, like I've read all these books, I can vouch for how well written they are, and how important they are, and I wanted to pick stuff that you guys, everybody who reads these books, each book is going to, you're going to get something out of it. So not just reading for pleasure, although all the all the books that are fiction and, and just good stories and all that, uh, you can. But also that these things are going to expand your mind and you're going to get something out of it. Like at the at the end, um, these are all books that I'm very happy that I read and have had sort of a transformative effect on my life. Without further ado, I'm going to open up with uh, the modern science books. So the first one that I've got here is Our Post-Human Future. This is by Francis Fukuyama. And this is a book that goes through what's going to be the repercussions of people being able to genetically modify humans, including children, like picking the genetics of your children and all that kind of stuff, the kind of technology that he's talking about. And so for those people who are interested in knowing what the transhumanists are talking about, and the types of science that they're all interested in, I highly suggest this one by Francis Fukuyama. And the second one in the modern science category is The Singularity is Near by Ray Kurzweil. 
he predicts humans are going to be merging with AI and modern technology. And there's going to be a level at which technology advances just so fast that people are not going to be able to keep up without merging with the machines. So Kurzweil is a futurist that pretty much every single transhumanist in the world knows about. This guy always has interviews on TV. This is the kind of person that's sort of shaping the strategy for the globalists. So I suggest Kurzweil, if you are really wanting to know sort of what the globalists think is the future for humanity and this merging with machines and all that terrible evil stuff that most of us are smart enough to be deathly afraid of. So the next category is war. All right, so the first one on the war list is Bushido, The Soul of Japan, written by Inazo Nitobe. I really like this book because I like how it sort of melds the traditions of honor and honing your fighting spirit, you know? And, and plus, like, the, the Japanese culture and all that is really interesting to be looking into this. Those who, I mean, people who, people who love reading um, things about the samurai and Japanese history are going to love Bushido. This is a this is a philosophy sort of built in stoicism, you know, and it's gonna. We all know that we're fighting World War Three right now, and this is one of those ones where it's like kind of keeping your humanity in times of war. It's really good for that. And the second book in the war category, we got the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Pretty much everybody has heard of this book, and things have not changed all that much. <laughs> It's funny how uh, war always stays the same, basically. But a lot of the stuff that you see even in modern times relates back to the art of war. And I think just in a mind-expanding kind of way, everybody needs to know this book. Third in the war category, we got Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So he's a psychologist who was in a Nazi labor camp, and he survived it, and... Well, he writes about how important it was to keep morale high. And it's only the people that kept the morale high that even managed to make it through, um, to survive the starvation, and just generally not giving up. So uh, Viktor Frankl's book has been a classic. It's perfect for just anybody who's got to be living through hard times. This book is out of this world for that. Next, we got Unrestricted Warfare by Kao Lang. And Jiang Sui. And this was written by two colonels in the Chinese military. Unrestricted Warfare talks about the, the Chinese strategy for fighting against a superpower, a dominant superpower. Using tactics that get around what's called the rules-based world order that was dominated all this time by the United States. They make the rules, they break the rules, but they enforce the rules on everybody else. So, unrestricted warfare is a way to get around that and cause the collapse of the United States. And so, this came out of the, the People's Liberation Army. So, unrestricted warfare is uh, it's going on today. China is still using all the, the tenets that have been written about in this book. And so, this is absolutely going to give you guys an edge. Just understanding sort of the, the war that we find ourselves in today and what China... It helps you spot out sort of what China is up to, where their tactics come from. Um, and, of course, they've been developed and advanced and changed since the book was written in certain ways. But, again, this is very fundamental for their strategy. 
And the last one in the war category is Confessions of an Economic Hitman. If you haven't heard about this book, this book is huge. It got huge um, quite some time ago, a couple of decades ago. Uh, but it talks about how the United States, the CIA, how they would send people in to cause regime change. So he goes over all the different strategies of trying to deal with global world leaders. So first, you know, going through the process of either just bribing them or trying to get them on the same side as the CIA wanted with the globalists. If they couldn't do it that way, then there was an escalating system of causing regime change up to and including killing the uh, the opposing global leader. So, next category. History. I love history books. Uh, I think it's great for everybody, especially today. In order to understand everything, it's become so important to actually have a grasp of what's happened throughout history because history keeps repeating itself and all this stuff that seems very new and strange to, to everybody, myself included, they all have basically happened before. A lot of it in World War II. Going into the history category, um, the first book that I've got on the list here is Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. This is a really interesting read. It is about the murder hotel that was set up in the heart of Chicago during the World's Fair. So the serial killer, H.H. Holmes, well, he, he graduated up from basically a con man, and then eventually ended up getting a hotel set up in Chicago during the World's Fair. And then because so many people were coming in to the hotel, uh, he would find out sort of about them. And then he had the whole s hotel set up so that he could commit murders in there and disappear these people. So this is historical nonfiction, but it's written really well. It's gripping, and it's going to take you into this this crazy story of what this serial killer, H.H. Holmes, did. And he stacked up quite the body count. And the next book, again, is by Eric Larson. This is another read that I've found. It's something that's really easy to go through, but it's called In the Garden of Beasts. And this follows the family of the American ambassador to Germany during the rise of Hitler. And so it takes you right inside. Uh, it, it Again, it's historical nonfiction, and it goes by the, the writings and everything that this ambassador was sending during the, the rise of Hitler, right up to and including the Night of the Long Knives when Hitler had a whole bunch of his political opponents killed. You go through all that stuff. So In the Garden of Beasts takes you right inside World War II Berlin. It's just an amazing experience. Great book. Next, The Pride of Carthage. It's a historical book written about Hannibal Barca's campaign against the Romans, starting in Carthage and going through the entire history of Hannibal's campaign, which includes his brothers and, some, and the politics that he had to deal with and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so that's... I thought it was really interesting. There's not much great information about Carthage, so but this one, it's so well written, it takes you right in. You feel like you're right there with his war campaign. You can almost smell the elephants. It's that it's it's written that well. Next we got the Hiram Key. Uh the Hiram Key is a Masonic history. So the history of the Freemasons, it goes into it uh really well researched. 
where these authors go back and they try to find the the root, um, the beginning of history of the Freemasons. And this book, Freemasons all over the world uh, ref refer to this book. They like this book. They get people to read this book. Um, and so they go into kind of the importance of Temple of Solomon and, and Hiram Abiff and just sort of these Freemason histories and the kind of stuff that they sort of study in Freemasonry. Next, we got Magicians of the Gods by Graham Hancock. Amazing research. Graham Hancock goes all around the world. He, he checks out megalithic architecture and um, investigates and asks the questions about w why there seems to be so much evidence all over the world that there was a, a lost advanced civilization. Advanced being, certainly they had a knowledge of megalithic architecture they had a amazing knowledge of astronomy all that kind of stuff uh, he doesn't go into aliens and all that he keeps it to looking at all the evidence of ancient megalithic architecture and asking the questions who built this stuff was a civilization wiped out by a meteor around the younger Dryas period all this kind of stuff and I love going back and sort of reading about and thinking about what you know whether ancient civilization was wiped out certainly there's a lot of evidence that points towards it next we got Genghis Khan and the making of the modern world this one here we're starting to get into some like hard history here um, but I found this one extremely readable I found it really enjoyable I didn't know much about Genghis Khan's campaign well the specifics about him uh, and this book actually takes you right from the very start of Genghis Khan all the way through, like, his sons, Kublai Khan, and uh, all his other sons that conquered different territories uh, to make this vast Mongol empire. Really, the making of modern China was through Kublai Khan. Um, and this book covers it all, and it's great. And th it's a whole formative part of history that a lot of people don't understand don't read about so th this is going to give you a great base knowledge about this entire period of history next we got the war that ended peace this one here margaret mcmillan takes us into all of the world leaders th in europe that led us into world war one i'd never read anything like it like she really gets I'm not vouching for the accuracy of any of this history. <laughs> but this stuff is really interesting. Like it, it it gets into the motivations and um how how people saw all these world leaders and sort of what politics was going on between each of the world leaders that led up into World War 1. Before I read this book, I didn't really have a great knowledge of you know the the people in the early 1900s that were leading all of these different nations. Um, so Margaret McMillan takes us right into it. And she's a fantastic historian, well-written, really interesting stuff. And the last one in the history category, this one is what I would call actual hard history. Um, this one is called The Lost Centuries from the Muslim Empires to the Renaissance of Europe by Sir John Baggett Glubb. 
Uh, he spent lots of time in the Middle East studying all this stuff. Um, Crusades history. Um, this guy writes really esoteric history. And these are truly like lost years in a lot of history books that he goes into. So uh, he, he talks about all the major players during the Crusades and up to Constantinople, uh, what the Franks and the Turks were doing. And um, so for those who don't have like a good sense of these great battles that happened oh, from the years 1145 to 1453, that's what he covers, all based around European and Middle East history and how everybody interacted and all the wars that went on. Now, I think this is a pretty rare book. The Lost Centuries, but uh, I found it in my library, and I know that it's around certain places. But anyway, if you can get your hands on it, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that's going to give you a great base to see where the Turks, the Franks, all these guys, where they were at between 1145 and 1453. So uh, this is this is really yeah, this is hard history, good solid brain book. And the last category, we got classics. I love classic novels. I think they're classics for a reason. I think these people were masters of the craft of writing. This is the kind of stuff that I love to pick up and mix in between the nonfiction. I, I got to read some good stuff. But I picked the classics here. All stuff that I think that you guys will be able to get something out of that you're going to carry with you. Uh, and be glad that you read the book. So the first one I got here is Dracula by Bram Stoker. A lot of people don't know this, but reading this book isn't just like reading a regular novel. Dracula was written like from the Journal of John Harker. It's like you're reading his journal and newspapers all around sort of the revelation of this character, Dracula, who comes out. And you guys know the basic story. Of course, everybody does. But... This actually has such a spooky tone to it, and it's it's just not written like any other book that I can think of. And it's a fast read. You, you can go through it easily in an afternoon, I think. And the next book is 1984, George Orwell. If you have not read this book, this is a must-read. It is still, I think, number 16 on Amazon's all-time bestseller list. And it has sold massive amounts of copies ever since COVID hit. Uh, it is one of the most searched books out there. And people are reading it for a reason. 1984 is the logical conclusion to this techno-fascism that people saw rising in Nazi Germany. Um, it, it's, it's just where that type of fascism gets you. So that's why we're seeing tons of this stuff come out today. I don't think I need to go much further into 1984. Um, you guys, if you haven't read it, you got to read it. Next, we got Brave New World. Usually, this is coupled with 1984 because today, most people compare all this stuff we're going through right now, this globalist takeover, as a mix of Brave New World and 1984. But Brave New World is, it really brings in the whole strategy of the pharmacy, you know, like the the uh, big pharma guys taking over control of people's emotions and all of this kind of stuff and separating people from each other. And when it comes to the social organization that the globalists are trying to bring about, creating social divisions, sexual divisions, 
separating everybody out into different classes of people so that you've got basically your your government director class and then you got your pleb class and all this kind of stuff that all comes out of Brave New World. So this is another one that's come come to life or it's we're facing this dystopia right now as far as that's what the globalists want to bring it about. And the next one here is Flashman. This is the first book in the Flashman papers. This is written by George McDonald Fraser. He is a hilarious author. This is a, such a funny series. I love it. Flashman is a guy who it, it's like it's historical fiction where he somehow keeps bumbling his way into every major war. <laughs> and these are like historical wars like in the 1800s, early 1900s. Uh he, he just keeps finding himself in all these things. Uh, he's a soldier, but he's He's an absolute coward and cad, as they describe him. Women hate him because he's a womanizer <laughs> and all of this. But anyway, it's hilarious. He, he's one of the least respectable soldiers, but keeps bumbling his way through things and getting accolades and, and failing upwards. Which So it's just so funny. Uh, you got to try out. The, if, if you try the first book, Flashman, you might find yourself really wanting to get into this vast series of historical fiction, uh, following him to the next war, the American-Indian War, um, all the American Civil War, all, all these things just come up. So I highly suggest Flashman. Next, we got Cats 22. This is another one of my favorites. Cats 22 is one of the few books... That where I ever laughed out loud, and I did it multiple times. It's hilarious. Uh, Catch-22 is about the complete absurdity of war and, and just sort of the administrative state in general. The paper pushers uh, giving conflicting orders and all this kind of stuff. It all comes up in Catch-22. And it, so I love books that are about the absurdity of life. And Catch-22 is... It should have you laughing, or at least you're going to have a good time. Uh, people consider it one of the funniest books. Next, we've got Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig. He writes the book, and it's kind of a pseudo-biographical, uh, in that Robert Persig himself is kind of a savant. And anyways, he had worked out that the world that he was in was not what everybody else thought it was. You know, he, he, I guess, found out about government conspiracies and this and that and the other. And they ended up, he, he ended up having a nervous breakdown because, of course, he's trying to warn everybody and nobody believes him. And this is, this is all something that everybody's dealing with today. This is so far ahead of its time, it's crazy, and it's more relevant now than ever. But it's him actually sort of coming to terms and dealing with that all of the things that he knows, he just, he's not going to be able to convince everybody of. So then he has to find a way to sort of get through, get through life and find his zen, find something that, you know, he just enjoys doing to bring him back to center. And that's where the art of motorcycle maintenance comes in. Next, we got Gulliver's Travels. A lot of people have heard of this book. A lot of people might have seen the cartoons or movie. 
Uh, but Gulliver's Travels is actually really interesting because not only is it a book about, you know, Gulliver's adventures and he goes and find, to a place with giants, he goes to a place with little people, he, um, he, he goes to all these different types of, you know, sort of lost continents type thing. But the book itself is actually uh, an entire allegory for the politics in England at the time with the Tories and the Whigs and all this. So I highly suggest getting Gulliver's Travels for the enjoyment of the story, but also for the commentary. Like, a lot of these things come annotated. And it takes you into um, what he was trying to say about British politics. And as we all know, the politics doesn't change much over time. And next, we got The Three Musketeers, Alexander Dumas. This one is a adventure romp, but Alexander Dumas is a master of the craft of, of writing. And I found this to be one of the most enjoyable books. Next, we've got Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This is my favorite book by him. Um, again, he is one of the Russian masters. Uh, between him and Tolstoy, you got two titans coming out of Russia, as far as authors are concerned. And Crime and Punishment uh, is really... It's really an investigation into into how crime can sort of crush your soul in a way i guess without uh, without being able to describe it any better <laughs> without getting into the story so um but yeah crime and punishment great book next is the count of monte cristo i don't know but this might be my favorite book count of monte cristo by alexander dumas this is the quintessential story of revenge just about every every revenge story today, if you take Hollywood or other books, other authors, just about everything relates back to Count of Monte, Monte Cristo somehow. And this one, it's, it is huge. It's a massive tome of a book. But you'll be gripped into the world the whole time. So yeah, if you can handle something this big, this big of a project, Count of Monte Cristo, highly suggest it. And the last one out of the classics, Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. This is one of those books where if you've got time to sit in front of a fireplace with a tea or a cigar or a pipe and some whiskey, Lord of the Rings takes you right into this world, the world of the hobbits, this world of war. Um, there's so much stuff that happens in Lord of the Rings that everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody's seen the movies if they haven't read the books. But if you have not read Lord of the Rings, it is the story of overcoming insurmountable odds. This hopeless war against an undefeatable opponent, but people still have to try anyways. Uh, there's just no words to say how, how important of a series Lord of the Rings is. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the whole list. Um, I think that you guys will have a great time with all, a lot of these books. Don't try to take on too much. Just pick whatever looks good to you off this list. If you're interested, if you were looking for something. I, I just made this up because I always just love getting good book recommendations from my friends. So this is one of those things that... It's, it's the only thing I could really think about that I might be able to do for all you long-time listeners. Um, for a Christmas present. So, um, take it as you will. Millions and millions of books out there. Sometimes it's hard to decide what's going to be 
good. So um, these ones all come highly suggested, and they're all going to be mind-expanding, um, and they're going to be something that you really, truly are glad that you read. And so I hope if you guys pick some of these books that you'll enjoy them as much as I did. And uh, Merry Christmas to all the listeners, and thank you for all your support uh, throughout the year. It has meant a lot to both me and Jack. This is Bartholomew Crenshaw, signing off. <laughs>